0: in the
1: Good morning, friends. It is Thursday. Hey, um, you might be listening to this at any time in history. It could be a week from now. It could be two weeks from now. From the day I'm recording this live with my friends who join me at 6 a.m. in the mornings. Um, but uh, I just want to pause and with a couple of things this morning uh, before we get into the text of scripture. One is, uh, if, if you followed the news at all uh, last night, uh, you know that uh, it's a dark day in the state of Maine. And I'm not talking about uh, what's outside. I'm talking about the fact that there were somewhere between 16 and 22 people who were shot and killed in Lewiston, Auburn last night uh, in a shooting spree. And I, if I remember correctly, some 60 others uh, were injured perhaps some of whom critically so, um, so we, we want to stop and pray for, uh, all of the victims for their families. Uh, that, that is the very first thing that I, I want to stop and do this morning. Uh, it, these things happen anywhere in the war and in, uh, Israel and Palestine and not Palestine in Gaza is certainly something that, uh, we, we pray about, but, uh, Uh, When it's on your own back doorstep, especially, uh, it is uh, something quite significant to you. So, uh, Lord, we do want to stop this morning right out of the gate and pray for people who have lost loved ones uh, in this rampage shooting spree that took place last night in Lewiston, Auburn. Uh, People who were out having a good time bowling, uh, shot and killed, or people who had family members who were out bowling shot and killed. Uh, So we we do pray for those people that you would bring comfort in the midst of uh, unimaginable grief and unimaginable loss, Uh, something that is senseless, something that is rooted in sin. Uh, We pray for those who are in hospitals, those who will have trauma, uh, both the mental, emotional, uh, as well as those who received uh, physical trauma. Uh, Lord, we pray for their healing. We pray for their aid. We pray for them, Lord. and, and We pray, I, last I knew, the, the shooter had not been apprehended, so we pray that uh, that, that individual uh, would be apprehended and uh, that, that people in that part of the state of Maine would have a sense of uh, their, their fears relieved. When this man is captured, so Father, we do pray this morning here in the state of Maine that you would uh, that you would bring justice, that you would bring righteousness, that you would bring comfort to those who whose hearts are just uh, so devastated today. We look to you, the God of all comfort, in Jesus' name, Amen. Keep watching that in the news uh, and uh, seeing what is. Uh, taking place over there, uh, something to, to just keep an eye on. That, that's a significant thing. Anytime anybody is shot and killed, but especially when you see a, a rampage like that, uh, it, is, it is so significant. Second thing I want to talk about this morning before we get into the text of Scripture is if you didn't see yesterday, finally, after several weeks, the, House, the United States House of Representatives has a Speaker of the House, uh, and I did watch his comments. I, I watched his about 18 minutes of uh, uh, response uh, to the House uh, about his selection uh, as the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Now, I will say this, and I, I wouldn't want to uh, uh, be disparaging in, in, in any way, and I'm not, but he is a brother. Uh, and uh, when I watched him walk to the podium, Bible on the top of everything else, and he referenced the Bible, he referenced God unapologetically, and uh, referenced the ways of God, referenced, uh, without speaking the scripture, he referenced uh, Romans chapter 13, and that every single person in the house representatives was placed there by God, they have a job to do, uh, now, I bring all this up because I want us to pray for for the Speaker of, uh, of the House because it was also noted that it only would take one person to call for a vote to have him uh, removed, and they would have another vote, uh, and we would be back to Washington gridlock again. Now, I'm bringing this up because it's an item for prayer. This man is a brother. This man has a a biblical Christian worldview, uh, unapologetically so. Uh, perhaps God has placed him for such a time as this. That should be our prayer. We should pray for him and his wife. I think her name is Kelly. And uh, lift them up. Uh, Mike Johnson is his name. And um, But the other thing that's true is with the vitriol and the anti-Christian uh, type of thinking that is uh, a part of Washington uh, it, it could be a matter of who knows when somebody would say we, we want to oust the speaker again uh, some of the reasons that people would want to oust him is he is very public in his uh, opinion about uh, gay rights uh, and uh, he is very public in his opinion uh, about uh, the election of two thousand and twenty that's probably why he got elected because while he is uh, carries himself with with uh, the type of dignity that a person should carry himself I believe uh, and has the worldview that that we would share in this broadcast uh, there are there there are certainly those things that that those who uh, think differently, would go after him about his opinion and position on certain things. So uh, we want to pray. We're going to stop and pray this morning, Lord, for uh, our country. As we have a Speaker of the House again, we pray that for the, for, for Mike, uh, as he is a brother in Christ, that you would do something that is uncanny, that what would take place in his tenure would be something that is absolutely we, we could say 100% is a work of God, uh, because we believe that's what's going to take, is your work through a man who has uh, attuned his life to you. Uh, we pray that he would not be ousted from from the speakership. Uh, we pray that he would have an opportunity, and that you would use him, and that you would do things, even as we read in the Old Testament, uh, when nation, when the nation of Israel was in a bad place uh the supernatural hand of God would work and would move. And we would pray that this would be the very same thing with Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, that you would move through his through his life, that you would keep him in office and that you would use him for such a time as this. Uh, so, Lord, we, we lift Mike to you this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, a third thing, and then we'll get in the scripture, just continuing to remember Israel and Gaza. Uh, And what's going on there, there's a lot that is said uh, about, you know, Palestinian rights and whatnot. And the fact is, uh, Israelites were giving more and more freedom to the Palestinians in Gaza. And for the record, uh, for 3,000 years or roughly 3,000 years ago, uh, that land maybe even a little bit more than that. That land was given to Israel by God. They possessed, they occupied the land, uh, and the Palestinians were were not a part of that. Uh, The Palestinians are are more recent development. You can go back and look through a timeline uh, about that land, and uh, I'm not not trying to argue a position other than from a biblical vantage point, we believe that land is Israel's land, biblically speaking. And the Israelites were doing their best to to give all the Palestinians. And, and the fact of the matter is, a great number of the Palestinians do not uh, would not support all that Hamas is doing. And Hamas takes the tactics of using hostages, using children, using women, using the elderly as shields. Uh, and so the, they would place themselves. They would take up headquarters. As an example, in a place like uh, an assisted living facility, they would make that their headquarters because I'm not saying that's what they did. I'm using this as an example uh, because that would make it less likely that Israel would would come and attack them in a place like that. That's the type of tactics that Hamas has used. Uh, and so, Lord, we do pray for the Palestinian people who are the innocent Who are suffering because of Hamas. Lord, we we pray that Hamas would be rooted out. We pray for supernatural work. Israel needs a supernatural work of the hand of God again. And we pray that you would do that. And that's our prayer for Israel. We're told to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're told to pray for Israel. Those that bless Israel will will be blessed by you. Those who curse Israel will be cursed by you. So this morning, again, Lord, we, we pray for the fighting, the warfare in uh, in the Gaza Strip, also the things taking place up in the West Bank and then up by Lebanon as well, and Syria, uh, Lord, uh, would you stop the fighting and show your mighty hand? Uh, and, and in the midst of this, I pray, we pray together that the Israelites, uh, the people of Israel, would turn to the Lord their God uh, in faith and in trust, in repentance, in humility. Uh, and and even not only turn to Yahweh, but turn to Yeshua, uh, the Messiah, or hear our prayer in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, friends, I, I just had to start with those things this morning. Those things large uh, loom large in the news right now, and it's appropriate for us as Christians to be paying attention to those things uh, and to think of those things. Now let's get let's get into the text of Scripture here this morning. Uh, Partway down through, um, partway down through, First Corinthians chapter nine is where we left off, uh, verse fifteen. Yesterday, Paul was talking about all the rights he had as an apostle, and I talked about this is a great time if you've not done so to to show your support of your pastor and. Now we live in a day where there is much bivocational pastoring taking place, where where uh, many churches are, don't have the resources to really take super good care of, of, a, of a pastor, and so therefore uh, many pastors work other jobs, and, and that that creates some tensions. A the tensions of uh, tensions of the tensions of attention. Uh, to, to a lot of the things that you know a full-time pastor could give attention to, and uh, those who are working bivocationally. In, s- in fact, there are some who opt not to be paid by the churches, instead to work jobs. Uh, and those pastors mostly focus on preaching and teaching, and, and most of the other things that are part of life for church uh, are either handed off to other people or are things that, Don't get any attention at all or very little attention. That's the day in which we live. Now, Paul talks about what his practice was, although he was entitled to be fully supported as an apostle, as one who spread the gospel all over that part of uh, uh, Asia and up across uh, into Macedonia, Greece, uh, and then all the way eventually over to Rome. This is what he says in verse 15. I have not used any of these rites. I am not writing this in hope that you will do such things for me. I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of this boast. I mean, this is this is language that Paul sometimes will use. He says, When I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Uh, and, and I would I would find myself in much the same way. Uh, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe to me if, if if I don't sit in this chair, in this place, and do what I'm doing this morning. I, I, I'm compelled to do this. It says, if I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. Either way, uh, he wins. He has the reward, uh, and if, if he's doing what he is supposed to do and being compensated for it, He is still doing what he is supposed to do um, in discharging the trust committed to him. He said, what then is my reward? Now, now this will have impact for you as we finish out this chapter. He says, what then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge, so not to make use of my rights in preaching it. Now, how can a person do that in our day? Again, I've already kind of outlined that, especially by vocational pastors or pastors who work full-time jobs doing something else, and then it, it's kind of like pastoring on the side. Some pastors do other jobs on the on the side, side gigs, and 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 yet there's a, a flip in that that now for some pastors, their side gig is being a pastor, and they work full-time jobs doing something else. And I'm not saying that's wrong. In fact, this is exactly what Paul did, uh, and it, it's a growing trend all across America uh, to to see that type of a trend, uh, and and Paul talks about uh, uh, he wants to offer the gospel free of charge. You know, I I have thoughts of certain types of industries in which I think I probably uh, in the next uh, few months need to prepare myself to be a part of uh, as a part of going along with what Paul is talking about here. And uh, to take opportunity of that, uh, and I, I do look at it, there's a lot of things out there about the side gigs or, or the things that you can do, work from home opportunities and things like that uh, to, to fill in gaps. Uh, but Paul says this in verse 17, if I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I'm simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this in preaching the gospel. I offer it free of charge, so not to make use of my rights in preaching it. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make my slave myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Now, this this is the mentality uh, to make yourself a slave to everybody. Now that that is not uh frequently the type of thinking that we have in our day. Our our thinking is well. I'm my own person. I'm my own boss. I live my own life. Paul's thought was, I'm going to be aware of the people who are around me and serve them and, and, and in certain measure, be like them to relate with them. The, the word for this is, uh, to, to, uh, in, incarnational living, uh, to, to live incarnationally. In other words, to, to take on the, the attributes of the people who are around you, uh, so that you might win some. Now, that can go too far. We, we have to make sure that we're not going over into sin in be, becoming like people, but we we certainly want to be relatable to people. I'll be preaching next Sunday, not this Sunday, but next Sunday in Cambridge, um, Maine, and so I asked the pastor, what, what's your dress code there? So I usually preach in jeans, so okay, that tells me what I'll do. Because uh, I want to be relatable with, with the people uh, who are there. And uh, to think about how can we relate, to, to find points of connection with people. And, and that is what Paul did here. He said to the Jews, in verse 20, To the Jews I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law, though, myself, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. In other words, what he said is, Uh, What his practice was, was when he was around people who were bound up in the law, he was very conscientious about um, the fact that that that's the way they were, and and he was careful not to offend them. Now, I'll be honest with you, sometimes uh, I I almost have within me the want to offend uh, some of the moralistic people who are all wrapped up and bound up in that, but yet what's the gain in doing that? So, so Paul, rather than saying, "Well, I'm free from the law, and you guys need to be free from the law," and I, I'm going to put it in your face that I'm free from the law, he didn't take that approach because there's no gain in that. Uh, it, it would be like me uh, uh, opening up a, a a Guinness and putting it on the the podium in front of the church, you know, instead of a, a bottle of water, having a can of Guinness in your face. I mean, that what's the there's loss in that actually. So don't do that. When you're around people, when they're kind of wrapped up in that, you're, you're cognizant of that, you're aware of that, you're respectful of that, so that you might emulate Christ to them, even as Paul did here. Verse 21, he says, To those not living, uh to, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those not having law, in other words, instead of making a big deal about the particulars of the law, especially Jewish law and Jewish practices and Jewish ceremonial customs and civil customs uh those that were not in law uh, ra- rather than making a big deal about a lot of those ceremonial things that were particularly Jewish in uh in in their nature uh you know In our day, it would be like, uh, you know, let me point back 30 years ago, you know, Christians would would just always wear suits to church, yet they might wear jeans and and a dirty dirty shirt uh, all all week long uh, in, in their work. When I lived in Washington, D.C., we, we wore suits to church because people wore suits every day. That was everyday attire because of the environment in which I lived. However, here in Maine, uh, it's more casual than that. And that that's the church aspect, the going to church aspect, but also those around us um, who, who are not under the law. He says, I, I became... To those not having law became like one not having the law. He's not saying he lived lawlessly, but what he is saying is he he minimized on some of those legalistic types of things uh, so that he could have a connection, so that he could win people to Christ. He goes on and says this, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. Uh, it's incarnational living uh, to 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 be like the people you're around. Uh, an old example of that, uh, very old example, that uh, J. Hudson Taylor would be phenomenal. I mean, you could look up uh, look up some YouTube videos about J. Hudson Taylor or a Moody Classic book about J. Hudson Taylor, who was a doctor who moved to uh, China to win the Chinese people and, and had a phenomenal ministry. But when he moved to China, he began to dress like them. I mean, you can go too far, and all of a sudden it, it, it's it's offensive. But he wanted to relate with the people, and so he, he began to dress like them. He cut his hair like them and grew a beard like them and all those different things like them so that he could win them. Now, if you're a, a, a woman, I don't, uh, I don't suggest growing a beard. Um, back into the text, when he says to the weak, "I became weak to win the weak," uh, he's trying to be relatable. He's trying to relate with the, uh, with the ways of the people uh, whom he is trying to reach. That is what he doing. And he said in verse 23, he says this, I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. Out of this section, a a couple of thoughts. Verse 19, uh, being, no, not verse 19. Verse 22, sorry. Uh, I've become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. How far are we willing to go to communicate the gospel to people? How much do we make ourselves unrelatable? Uh, and, and again, there there is a tension point in this because we don't want to sin, uh, but yet we also want to be relatable. That can be in how we dress. Uh, that, that can be in being aware of what's happening in culture. I think we need to be exegetes of Scripture. And I also think we need to be exegetes of culture to understand what's going on in culture around us and uh, why, so that we can talk, so that we can discuss, so that we can relate with people, hence a few of the news items that I talked about this morning, being aware of what's going on in the world around us. Verse 23, he said, I, I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I might share its blessings. And he says this, do you not know that uh, in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. How hard are we running in our Christian life? How hard are we pursuing the things of Christ? And, and, and you know, I, as I sit here this morning, honestly, I, I'm personally convicted even to that statement. <clears throat> I run hard. Uh, from you know five o'clock in the morning until last night it was almost ten o'clock and uh, nonstop all day long. Uh, run hard, but but sometimes maybe not running in such a ways to get the prize. Run to get the prize. Run after Christ. Pursue after Christ. Chase after Christ uh, is what we need to do. Uh, this morning I, I got up and looking at the news kind of first thing as I'm waking up but it's like I got to put my phone down and get my bible in my hand and make sure that that you know I'm not getting wrapped so wrapped up in the news that all of a sudden there's no time personal time for bible uh, run the race friends run the race that you might glorify Christ verse 25 he says this uh, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last. I mean, what we're doing in Christ is lasting, is eternal. So let's let's not just do what we do for what is uh, temporal, for what is temporary, for what is material, but, but let us run in such a way that, uh, that we'll get a crown that will last forever. So he says, verse 26, Therefore do not run like a man running aimlessly. Or he says, "I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body, make it my slave, so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified." I mean, this is this is some strong uh, strong language that Paul is using here. It's something for us to be evaluative in our own lives to make sure that we're not running around aimlessly in life. Uh, a certain measure of strict training. Uh, I know people who physically enter into strict training, uh, physically, but not spiritually. May we go into strict spiritual training, good spiritual disciplines, formative practices that we might become more like Christ, be more of the light of Christ to those around us in this world. To beat our body, make it our slave. In other words, to have self-discipline. Self-discipline to be all that Christ wants us to be. Uh, is, Is that our practice? Is that what we go after? Is that how we pursue life? May it be so. That Christ might be honored. That Christ might be glorified. Well, friends, I remind you, today's Thursday. There will not be a broadcast tomorrow. We will be traveling tomorrow morning and uh, traveling later today, traveling this uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, I will let you know over the weekend if there will be anything next week. Uh, if not, uh, I'll return on the 6th. Uh, watch my personal Facebook uh, page for one, and secondly, uh, you can check the uh, Daily Discipleship Facebook page uh, as a second place, where uh, uh, I'll just leave a note that, hey, we'll be back on whatever the date will be, Then you will know. Uh, If I'm not on next week, I'd encourage those of you who are daily uh, listeners, make that time for just you and God. uh, Do some journaling, do some writing, do some study, and uh, uh, draw close to God. Chase after God. Pursue God. Prepare to win the prize. So, Lord, we just give you ourselves today. Help us to run so as to win for the glory of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, have a great day. We will see you at some point.